Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Welcome to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. Uh, I'm Jacek Chodzko, a principal in Hydrogen Struggles Warsaw office, heading the EMEA agribusiness practice. In today's podcast, I have a great pleasure to talk to Anders Norgat, who's the CEO of First Farms, a listed Danish public company focused on investing and operating agricultural farms in Central and Eastern Europe. Um, to give a quick introduction, Anders brings previous experience from the financial services world. He was a relationship banker in his early career, followed by becoming uh, the CFO of Eskalund before joining First Farms as, uh, as the CEO in 2012. Anders, welcome and thank you for taking the time to speak to us. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Real pleasure. So Anders, maybe starting with kind of high level, could you maybe uh, give us a perspective on where the agriculture sector is right now uh, and how First Farms is responding to all the change that's happening around us, being Ukraine, being the weather conditions? You can say the farming business are disrupted a bit at the moment as a lot of the business uh, are, are done around us. We are a listed company and we have a headquarter in, in Denmark. We have owners from many countries and also a lot of our employees is our owners. And we are operating in, in four Central European countries, Slovakia, Czech, Hungary and Romania. And in general, our core business is uh, crops, land, milk production and pig production with a high focus on circular uh, operations and, and CSR, which is highly in focus from everybody at the moment. And what we like to do is work very close to the customers with high quality uh, products that mainly are, are delivered to the local markets, which it's also highly in focus now. People want branded products uh, from their home country and uh, they want and we want continuously to be a more sustainable company. This is part of uh, our DNA. And in general, when we look at it, it's very important to, to be part of this uh, new transition that's going on where consumers demand, what can I say, new normal and producers need to adapt that. Uh, it's not only in farming business, but that's in broad perspective. And you can say it speeded up a lot. It started with our climate, the discussion first, and then it was stressed by the COVID and then the war uh, in Ukraine uh, was coming up and then followed by a huge mass of inflation, high interest, extreme volatility on prices and so on. And it's actually the new uh, norm that we need to adapt. And then on the top of this, then you have the new uh, cap rules coming from uh, EU and the CSRD push heavily this transition. It started in the uh, beginning of January where this uh, directive was uh, entered into force from EU. And this is kind of uh, the new directives in modernizing and strengthening the rules concerning the social and environmental in information that we need to report 
to our customers to the market through our annual reports from 2024 and 25. So there's a huge transition going on, which we are very happy to be part of from the farming and food industry. Is that kind of affecting your leadership style and, and how you lead the company? Yes, that's a very, very interesting question because uh, there's a change going on uh, in the leadership uh, style uh, followed by uh, our uh, the prior movement that I mentioned. And we need to adapt the demands from the next generation. I felt the movement going on for the last five years or something like that. And you can say now you have these new generation with Generation Z, millennials, uh, Generation X and boomers. And, and, you know, I'm part of not the bottom, but nearly the bottom. And what you need to work with is the one in the front, that's Generation Z. And they have huge demands to be part of the workforce. And that's why when you look at the leadership style, then you're changing from command control to collaborative. So you can't demand, you need to work with all the employees. Leadership is a relation. You need to work with it. It's not as a boss-employee relation, but as a normal relation. Using emotional intelligence, you need to interact with your people, understand each other. You need to work with hierarchical safety. So you need to be sure people around you feel safe. They can actually ask questions and, and so on. And then emotions as the key motivator. That's a new normal that uh, that you, you need to use emotions because normally emotions was not part of leadership. From top down to much more collaboration. So so actually you can see leadership is a manifestation of my leadership story. I'm my own author to to how people uh, see me and when they see me they they see the company how we work and we think. In general, when you look at it, then we need to use more time talk the solution disagree, adjust, agree, and, and in a positive way, but also with a lot of emotions. But working with uh, psychological safety during this process, so you actually work with disagreement as part of finding the best solutions. That's a style that I like a lot, so we actually can test the corners, uh, having the best solutions. And then the last thing I could just mention that we, we need to push our colleagues to be kind and not only nice. What do I mean with that? Kind is curious to make the waves and nice is uh, fear to rock the boat. So you need to work with a kind mindset instead of just a nice mindset where you just please people around you. We need dialogue, dialogue and, and so on to, to uh, seek a better truth uh, by thinking together. I found on your website, and I've seen that part of your mission statement uh, of First Farms is to take responsibility for the communities across Central and Eastern Europe. Yes. Tell us maybe, Anders, a little bit about what skills and capabilities your leadership team needs to, to achieve this. In general, we try to be local. That's also, we are a listed company, so everybody can actually own us. We are not a private-owned company. Uh, so everybody can be part of it. Then we try to be a lot local with local management, be present, educate, train, 
talk to people, local partners. And if I should mention just an example here, three weeks ago, we had the grand opening of a new production site in, in Hungary. We had the agricultural ministry uh, represented uh, at the opening. We used this event to have all uh, fellow citizens and local partners together with our management network, connect partnership. And after the, what you say, official ceremonies, we had celebrations uh, with the full management locally. We had a small party in, in the woods with food on the fire. Very nice. And there we were able to, to talk open, relaxed, which is part of our foundation, how to work. And this is giving a protected environment and, and responsible environment for the employees to talk. So that, that you can say that's just the framework, how we, we are trying to think and, and work. We need to be, be local because people want local products. And as this connection to the local context and that kind of positive mission, has this helped you to attract and retain talent in those markets? I, I know it's quite tricky in, in some of them to recruit talent. Yeah, because during this process, we found it very important that you need to, take, need to have a core narrative. You have to have your DNA so you can actually tell people how we're working, how are we thinking. And, and there's a new trend also that you need to have a purpose where you lift yourself to a higher level saying, what do I actually leverage in, in the local society? And people must identify themselves with that. And they also want to identify themselves working with that in, in the company. A company is part of, of their lifestyle. And you can say, looking into us, we say that our purpose is contribute to a healthier world with food products, which are produced with respect for people, animals, soil and climate. And that's why we try to raise ourselves. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the European Green Deal as well, because I yes. think it's, it's kind of very much connected to what you just told us. How will this affect your leadership and culture in the company going forward? In general, we want to be part of the col this culture because it's very interesting. There's also a bottom line in it if, if you use it right uh, for when you look at, at the shareholder issue, because of course, we are here for the shareholders in, in the end. But that's also how we attract uh, employees and, and customers also. But I'm trying to find my way and the company to do it right because we have these new uh, cap rules coming up from EU. We have this CSRD I just mentioned. And there's actually no actual way through yet. There's no way how to measure things agreed and say totally and how to report finally and so on. So, but we are following it close and we are trying to also make some measurements to be a bit ahead uh, of what's going on because you need to have the license pr to produce and you only keep that by being in the front line. And in order to kind of meet your targets, your bottom line, your, you know, your kind of um, value targets, how do you think companies, agriculture companies, will have to adjust in the next couple of years to, to get there? You need to be closer to the market. You need to be very good at networking to find out what people want. And then you need to work with your people. It's quite simple. You need just to be agile, to be very fast to adjust. The society around us, it's, it's changing so fast.
And, and you can say when you're working in farming, it's it's quite a super tanker in this perspective. We are not moving easy from one side to another. Normally, when we make investments, it's for, for 20 years. So you can't just very fast adjust, but, but we need to, to think ahead all the time. And, and for you as a CEO, given all this uncertainty you just mentioned, the volatility in those markets, what have you learned in, in this process, Anders? I've learned always to be curious, uh, to talk to people, uh, education, always try to educate yourself, never stop educating yourself and being around, being out there, talk to your employees, being close to them. Because if, if you try to, to work with things from a framework, then you'll not get it. To kind of, I guess, wrap it up a little bit around the future. Tell us a little bit about when you look ahead. And we talked about talent, we talked about the regulatory change. What do you think will be the most important leadership skills for a company to meet its goals over the next three to five years? Our organization is growing uh, in volatile surroundings, which puts new demands to our company. So when you look at our group uh, strategy 2025, this is adjusted to uh, challenges and possibilities that, that we are facing. And we have defined that in, in, in four uh, areas which we focus in in our strategic work uh, to be able to continue to run a good business ahead and achieve our goals. And these four legs is organization development that meets people, which we are talking about here, leadership, how do we work with that, business development, make more of what we are good to, but also improve the value chain uh, closer to consumers, think circular, and then last, sustainability. We need to reduce the greenhouse gases and we need to not only talk the CSR, we need to walk the CSR. We need to show we are, we are making some movements uh, ahead. If you can say that one of the occasions has been on, then one of the plays that we need to do, we need to make a war against the company. We need to find out what is the fastest way to kill the company? And then the day after you work with the defense, then you find out how, how do I need to make the defense to make my company survive? So that's more or less what I think in my mindset that you need always to, to try to find your way through. So nobody's exactly able to, to take the life uh, out of uh, your company. That's really, really reassuring to hear that. Anders. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. And um, yeah, I think all the best with all these initiatives. I think it will be, next couple of years will be very busy for you. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.